0: Johnson responds to Senator Susan Collins on the spending bills. He says spending is completely out of control and putting a minibus on the floor three weeks before the end of the fiscal year can hardly be called regular order. Senator Ron Johnson talks about the Senate dysfunction, the threats of a government shutdown under Biden's indictment, a Trump gag order and more. And then the health and whereabouts of vladimir putin have come under recent scrutiny intel analyst Ilana friedman will tell us what she knows from the intelligence community and then immigration appears to be at the breaking point as blue city governors and mayors hit back on the biden administration as migrants swarm their cities with no end in sight former immigration judge and expert andrew Arthur will tell us the latest including a group of well-known terrorists that were released by the Biden administration into the country. It's all next on Viewpoint this Sunday.
1: To put away the bias, the lies, and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news, providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced
0: hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the weekend news magazine, Viewpoint This Sunday. It is Malcolm Out Loud here. Well, there's an awful lot of distractions happening right now, and uh, we won't talk about the UFOs today, but we'll talk about another unidentified uh, issue, which is the United States uh, government and uh, what is uh, happening uh, to, uh, well, you hear all the reports about the government shutdown and the budgets, and uh, there's a lot more to this story. Plus, you've got all of the the uh, other distractions of uh, indictments and impeachments and, uh it's pretty well a firestorm my fellow Americans. Welcome into the broadcast here. We're going to start off here with Senator Ron Johnson is here. Uh, Senator Johnson uh, served as the chairman of the Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee up until 21. He's now the ranking member for the Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations. Uh, serves on the Budget, Foreign Relations and Commerce, Science and Transportation Committees as well. and. Uh, it is uh, purely his, our privilege to have you here, Senator Johnson. Thank you for joining us on Viewpoint this Sunday, sir.
2: Good morning, Malcolm. Uh, happy to be on.
0: Yeah, it's been a little while since we've talked, and I was anxious to get you in here to really chat with you on a few different things. The first thing I'd like to really explain to the American people today a few things. We'll we'll get to more of the the government shutdown business a little bit and the debt. I know we're very passionate about that, but I want to start with this funding package in the Senate. Uh, Senator uh, Susan Collins has been uh, very outspoken about this, and uh, she says you're slowing down the passage of the chamber's first batch of government funding bills. Now, uh, and she's quoted here saying on the floor, the senator from Wisconsin has repeatedly said, and I agree with him, that we should not end up with an omnibus bill, a 4000 page bill at the end of the year with little consideration, largely drafted by a small group of people. So why is the senator objecting to proceeding to three with three appropriation bills that were reportedly uh, unanimously each one of them by the Senate Appropriations Committee after a great deal of work. Furthermore, the senator is objecting to Republican amendments being offered to this package. So I'd like to start there and talk about um, what what you're seeing and and why the the pushback on this.
2: Sure. Well, first of all, set the stage. We we need to sort of back up. In 2019, the federal government in total spent four point four trillion dollars. Now, that was 17 years after we crossed the $2 trillion per year spending Rubicon in 2002. So, again, I'm just trying to set the, the stage for your audience. So, in 2002, we spent a little more than $2 trillion for the first time. 17 years later, we'd more than doubled that up to $4.4 trillion. So, during the debate over the omnibus uh, at the end of last year, you know, I asked my Republican colleagues in the Senate lunch, said, anybody know how much the federal government spent in total last year? Uh, no, nobody volunteered an answer so then i went out uh, we had a press conference to the washington press court now these are the journalists who are supposed to be counting this or covering you know, what happens in the capital and all the goings on i asked them the same question anybody know how much the largest financial entity in the world that's what the united states government is the largest financial entity in the world anybody know how much in total is spent last year and again I got no answers. I got a couple of, well, it's over a trillion dollars. Well, yeah, that would be discretionary spending, which is less than 30% of the total budget. So with the drum roll here, the answer was uh, 6.2 and now this year it'll be about $6.3 trillion. So we have, we're spending this year, $1.9 trillion more than we spent only four years ago in 2019. And, Pretty much all of Washington, D.C. is okay with that. Uh, they're, they're patting themselves on the back, uh, having passed that omnibus. They're patting themselves on the back for an infrastructure bill and Inflation Reduction Act. They're patting themselves on the back for getting through the debt ceiling crisis. And by the way, the, the way we got through that was not increasing the debt ceiling by an amount. They simply suspended it. So you know, House conservatives came up with a package. Uh, you know, some spending concessions to increase the destiny by $1.5 trillion. Uh, they passed that through the House. The problem is that uh, Speaker McCarthy in the negotiations ignored the $1.5 trillion and just simply suspended it, which is going to result in an increase in the destiny about $4 trillion. Okay, so now I've laid the groundwork, right? So now fast forward to here we are three weeks before the end of the fiscal year. Uh, you know, people always talk about regular order and right now the people proposing this mini omnibus that's what a mini bus is it's a mini omnibus they're saying that's regular order it's not regular order if if it were regular order i wouldn't be able to object and you know object to them trying to attach two more appropriation bills onto the one appropriation bill the house sent over to us Mm -hmm. so all i'm saying is I, i voted to proceed to the military construction va bill What we need to do, of course, we should have started this in May of this year, bring up each of the 12 appropriation bills one at a time so we can debate those. We can offer amendments. We can give them greater scrutiny. The reason this process has evolved into minibuses and omnibuses is that's how the uniparty passes trillions of dollars of spending, uh, gets us $33 trillion in debt, a deficit this year of more than one point seven trillion dollars, spending one point nine trillion dollars, more than we spent just four years ago. They do it by combining all these uh, bills, and and, and they're they're written by staff. Uh, even members of the Appropriation Committee, I'm sure, don't even read the the individual bills before they pass them out unanimously from their committee. Uh, this is all a charade, Malcolm. It's completely out of control. And I'm just not going to go along with the charade. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I said, if you want, if you want it again, if you want to, I'm trying to bring some discipline back now. Yeah, I like I said, I it should it should have started in May. Now yeah. it's starting three weeks before to, to have yeah. anybody claim that that's regular order or that I'm clogging up the works is just absurd.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, here, here's what happens. And, and you, you just put a perfect explanation out there about it. So everybody can now understand and grab onto what you're saying. So, all right. Anybody like yourself, and like for instance uh, Tommy Tuberville, who's uh, doing the pushing against the military with the abortion thing. Anybody who stands out against the regular order of what you just said—the Uniparty, more or less—what they want. What to, if you go against whatever the new way of doing business is in the government? you become an enemy of the state almost immediately. We've seen that with others, clearly, that are now being taken down and out of the out of the program. I think this purely plays to that point, Senator, that, I mean, you don't have to speculate in this. It's not a theory. It's a fact. When you go against whatever they want, and they be in this uniparty of people who are uh, running this thing, you become an enemy of the state. Is, I mean, is that a correct statement?
2: Well, yeah, they're not real happy with me. Yeah, but uh, you know, they, sure. they've declared they've declared me a yeah. enemy of the state quite some time ago. They've done everything they
0: could to you know vilify yeah. me. the The national debt, which you and I've talked at over the years here, is uh, right now. And you you talk about that in some of your talking points. It's, it's right about thirty three trillion. It moves so fast the government spending clock. When you go there. You you need some project as you look at the clock. I mean, it just moves so fast. You think that my golly, they're spending some money. So about thirty-two, uh, thirty-three rather trillion dollars and moving fast now. That is equivalent to ninety-eight thousand six hundred and twenty-four dollars for every single American in the country, Senator Ron Johnson. That is enormous now maybe that's another way to look at it what kind of money are we talking so let's in your opinion what is the sustainability uh, on this right now like because we talk about shutdowns and all of this but this government is so out of control it's unbelievable i mean this can't be sustainable for any long-term point what are they what's what's the real core of this thing but what what do you see in the next few years with this thing well, the, the only reason we can sustain it right now is we are still the world's reserve currency. And
2: so we can print dollars. Uh, the, the greatest threat in terms of a debt crisis happening very quickly is if we are no longer the world's reserve currency, which is...
0: Which is happening so right now. That's happening right now. They're trying to do that, right?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've had the BRIC countries doing this for quite some years. Yeah, they're, they're, they're less stable than we are. So it hasn't worked to date. But again, when you have the Biden administration being hostile to Saudi Arabia, and by the way, I... Uh, I, I find their human rights record abhorrent as well. I'm not a big fan.
0: Right. But
2: you have to play real politics here. And, and when you are hostile to Saudis and push them in the arms of China, so the Saudis start selling their oil to China using the Chinese currency, that's that's puts us on that road to losing our status of reserve currency. So if that were to happen, all of a sudden we can't print money. Uh, we'll have to pay global interest rates, which would skyrocket our interest payments. We've already doubled those, and again, it's 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 if we just return to, for example, the interest rates we paid over the last three decades, of the last century. Uh, this would have been at, using last year's numbers. We would have increased interest expense by one point two trillion dollars, which is what we spent on Social Security. I mean, that's the magnitude of what we're dealing with here. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's incredibly dangerous what we're facing. Um, but, but again. The public is not being made aware of this because the mainstream media is all for big government. Yeah. Most people in Washington are just whistling by the graveyard. Uh, but no, we, we are our nation's in peril.
0: Yeah. OK, Listen. Uh, Congressman Jim Jordan was on with me last week, we were talking about uh, the government shutdown and what's happening there. And I had said to you "You know, there's a fair amount of Americans who would enjoy a government shutdown right now. And he responded and said, well, nobody's advocating a government shutdown. No, Now I know this is very delicate political talk here, because you step into a pile of it, and um, you you get to crucified, I guess. But I want to suggest to you, they're, right now the government is is going for broke as you just stated BRICS is growing the federal the, we're hearing massive reports from economic uh, experts that say this thing is not going to be pretty um right right ahead here and in, in the in the front view mirror it's getting pretty pretty reckless the signs they're saying the economic signs are very dangerous uh all of this is setting up a storm it's a it's a very very evil storm that could really change the trajectory of uh uh, what you say, what we can do and what we can't do as a country globally, uh, you know, maybe now is the time to consider a, a, a pause in our insanity a moment. Not. I mean, I know this doesn't the media goes crazy with this because they think the government needs to operate no matter what. But it, 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 just explain this for me. So I don't want to I'm not trying to get smart here, but. With a government shutdown, what really does that mean to the American people? Like certain things operate still, certain things don't. Like I remember they tried to get the national parks closed and really irritate people a few years back. They did other things to sort of ruffle the feathers. It's more of a political game, I guess. But is there any other real danger or does it maybe stop the insanity a little bit?
2: Well, first of all, let me just describe me. We've already had the first uh, front of the storm uh, pass through under Biden, and that's called inflation. So, so, all this massive deficit spending sparked forty-year high inflation. So that a dollar you held at the start of the Biden administration is now only worth eighty-five cents. So that damage has been done. That's devastated savers. It's uh, you know reduced uh, real wages. A dollar is now worth eighty-five cents. Again, that happened in, in just two and a half short years. Wow. But but in terms of government shutdown, yeah, I I, I think last time this happened everything continued to run except for about 10% of the government because everything is deemed essential and it just continues to run. Uh, Government employees have to keep working, even though they don't get a paycheck. Uh, But that's why very quickly, if if there is any kind of shutdown, it happens. It's very short. Um, What what I've been suggesting, and and they're not good. Okay. Uh, It just costs us more money in the end. It's, It's kind of stupid to go this way. So in Wisconsin, what we do is if, uh, there's dysfunction. You don't fund an agency. You don't fund government. You don't shut it down. You just spend it last year's levels. So when I was chairman of committee twice during my tenure, I passed out of my committee, bipartisan effort, preventing government shutdown act, which would do exactly that. Don't shut down the government. You just continue spending at last year's levels. You don't even have to have a debate over CR. It's just automatic. Uh, a lot of, I know conservatives don't like CRs. I don't like CRs, but I would rather have that automatic, Uh, provision right there so we don't have these fights it would give us enormous leverage in terms of appropriation bills because we could just so we're we're not going to vote for that stuff until you guys get reasonable and start reducing spending so that's what i hope happens in the house Uh, we've been talking to uh, members of the house freedom caucus about getting the house to pass with republican votes a continuing resolution to give us time to go through these appropriation bills one at a time uh, you know, it's, it's what happened last year is you put a CR and then in the end they jam us in Christmas Eve and then you get this massive omnibus. What we're suggesting is the House has already passed 10 appropriation bills through the committee. The Senate's passed all of theirs. Give ourselves time with a CR, but attached to it, you know, we should get something for it, right? I, I would suggest attaching Preventing Government Shutdown Act so we take shutdowns off the table for all time, gives us leverage in these spending fights. I know the House uh, Um, Some of the conservatives want to attach something to do with the border, which I'd be completely supportive of as well. So the the main point is the House has got to pass something, hopefully next week, with Republican votes, send it over to the Senate to show the American public, no, we don't want to shut down the government. Uh, We want to be responsible, but we want to bring up these appropriation bills one at a time so we can give each one of these bills, each one of these agencies the scrutiny uh, it deserves um, you know, long-term, Malcolm, what you'd like is a two, two-year budget cycle. So you're bringing up six appropriation bills a year, you know, staggered, and you can really start doing oversight. Again, it's, it's a process. I, I'm a manufacturer. You know, yeah. If you don't have a good process, you don't have a good product. Right now we have a horrible process, but it's been designed this way. People need to understand this. These omnibuses, the way this is working out, this has been designed to give all the power to what Mike Lee now is called the firm. I, I thought that was a brilliant tweet thread that he laid out there Uh, go on to you know mike lee's uh, twitter account he just laid out exactly what the process is that the firm has been employing for years of not bringing appropriation bills not passing budgets letting this all go to the end of fiscal year do a cr and then an omnibus that they write nobody really sees it until it's dropped on our desks uh, the day before christmas eve and people just you know people suck up and vote for it i don't but uh, enough people do And that's why we're $33 trillion in debt. Yeah, yeah.
0: You've been very involved and very closely watching the the whole Hunter Biden fiasco with the president and now the impeachment inquiry. Uh, This whole thing with this um, impeachment, uh, first of all, the, all the gun charge. My thoughts are, Senator, is that this gun charge thing is just, it very much just a distraction. Uh, the real concern here to anybody who's paying attention is the sellout uh, to our foreign adversaries and other things that threaten our national security in ways that I don't think people listen and truly, truly understand. Can I've done the math on this. It's very concerning. That to me is the real scandal here, not the gun charge or the tax thing or whatever. I mean, those are nothing things. But the the thing is, I think they're using the gun thing right now as a distraction. And of course, this uh, special counsel is a joke. Weiss is an absolute joke. Everybody knows that as well. Um, But this political scandal right now, based on the evidence that we're seeing and where it's trending right now, the trajectory of it, Senator Johnson, this is, I I think you might say, uh, or... If we have an actual sitting president that could be, and I, I'm being careful with the words here, so I'm not trying to, because we, we see what we see, but that could be guilty of bribery, influence peddling, and corruption on the world stage, this would be the most significant political scandal in America's history, bar none. Is that a correct statement?
2: Yeah, I think Joe Biden is probably the most corrupt individual to serve as president, uh, certainly in my lifetime. Um but I think the gun charge. I mean, it's kind of throwing a bone to people. Say, hey, we're serious. We're going to start prosecuting him. Yeah. Um, but but the, the most serious charges really are the the massive amounts of money. Uh, yeah. Why why the Bidens were paid that amount, What what how that might have affected the uh, uh, U.S. policy? Um, you know, the, the tax evasion charges. I think should be serious charges. I mean, it, to the, people have to understand. Hunter Biden paid two million dollars in back taxes. He, he hasn't yet been forced to uh, declare or report uh, income about $400,000 that his advisor said he had to report, so he doesn't pay taxes on that. I mean, that's a massive amount of uh, tax evasion here. And any, any other American would probably be facing years in jail, but you know, Hunter Biden is special. And I think that is as serious as the scandal is of the, of the Biden crime family, the corruption, how that compromises uh, President Biden, how it affects his U.S. policy, I would say an even more dangerous scandal or scandals are first the corruption of federal law enforcement. Again, this has been a completely corrupt investigation, prosecution, the sleazy plea deal, uh, the allowing of uh, tax charges to uh, the statute of limitations to uh, expire on on those, but then also the corruption and complicity of the media, which, which may in the end be the most, Damaging thing to our democracy because if we had an unbiased media holding both sides equally accountable, yeah. you probably wouldn't have the corruption of federal law enforcement that are, you know, showing now administering a dual system of justice, uh, giving easy treatment to Hunter Biden and targeting and tormenting yeah. President Trump. You All know, the
0: Sixers. Yeah, you're, you're, that statement is that that statement should ring in everybody's ears right now that Senator Johnson puts out there because it is so accurate. And I have repeated it uh, ad nauseum over these last few years. The biggest story, Senator Johnson, I'm going to tell you this right now. The biggest story historians are going to look back at this moment of time, uh, 50 years from now, 100 years from now, plus uh, is going to be where was the fourth estate. Where was the media in all of this? That's going to be the number one story. It's not going to be the indictments and the impeachments. It's going to be that we lost our way based on all of this bogus stuff. And they are the problem. And you're exactly right, which puts the onus on what we do here in such a way. It's unbelievable. But I I mean, you just perfectly laid it out there. Um, all right. This, this last thing I want to grab onto is this Jack Smith thing. Um, it, wow. You can see Trump is rising in the polls more than most people ever expected. I think Americans can smell, uh, what's happening here. Independents and moderates are starting to smell it. And even left of center Democrats are starting to smell it and they don't like what they smell, Senator Johnson. And therefore, there is more momentum coming into Trump as somebody that, uh, is going against this affirm uh, firm, uh, this, uh, whole, uh, established uh, parade. And, uh, now, uh, Jack Smith is seeking a gag order. Uh, this is the next thing with that, uh, Obama appointed judge, which she's very dangerous, Tanya Chutkin. Um, and, uh, this looks very, very difficult. I mean, I think this is the next step. They're going to probably try to shut him down. I don't know that he should, whether they threaten to prison him or not. I would keep talking and put it out there if it's done. I don't care, but he's going to have to teach somebody a lesson at this point. This is getting very precarious. Don't you see this as a real problem?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I often tell young fathers that have daughters, don't never criticize a boyfriend or that will be your son-in-law. And I think a similar phenomenon has happened with uh, President Trump. You know, certainly conservatives realize how grotesquely unfair he has been treated since he became the nominee. I mean, they have tormented him. Democrats have, you know, again, unfairly. I mean, the whole Russian collusion hoax, of of Hillary Clinton dirty trick. And then the FBI, federal law enforcement, the corrupt actors within that, you know, ran with that and put us through two years of, uh, you know, political turmoil because of a completely false narrative. So you know, people have a great deal of sympathy for an individual that is being targeted by the awesome power of the federal government and you know our our, our un, unjust system here. And so there, there's, I think that's what we're seeing in the polling is uh, you know, people don't necessarily agree with everything that President Trump did or all of his behaviors, but they just don't want to see the, the the bad guys win. The, 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 you know, there are a lot of Americans who who are do have their eyes open. I mean, for example, more than six percent of Americans think that Joe Biden did did do something you know corrupt. Uh, that's good news. So it's getting through, even, even though the media is covering up for them. So the fact that so many Americans are looking at what uh, law enforcement is doing unfairly to President Trump um, that that's that's one of the reasons he has a pretty strong support, certainly from the conservative base, but probably growing support from other fair-minded individuals.
0: Yeah, yeah, perfectly said, yeah. Um, Final quick thing, I just dawned on me, I wanted to ask you, Senator Johnson, there was an interesting story I did a show on this past week, about a week ago, um, that I thought was quite fitting, when uh, Putin said the prosecution of Trump shows the U.S. political system is rotten. The AP reported on this, the Associated Press, Uh, And he said, as for the prosecution of Trump for what it is happening in today's conditions, in my opinion, is good because it shows the rottenness of the American political system, which cannot pretend to teach others of a democracy. He said this at a uh, forum, Eastern Economic Forum. Everything that has happened with Trump is the persecution of a political rival for political reasons. That's what it is. And this is being done in front of the public of the United States and the whole world. Now, that supposedly is those are the quotes from Vladimir Putin. Uh, They were striking at the time that I spoke to listeners about it. Uh, You know, there's a lot to be said about that. What I just shared, of course, we're not trying to say that he's no poster child. We know who he is. Um, Now, there are recent talks that he is still. Have you heard any? Well, let me just this sounds a little bizarre here. But have you seen any stories or heard anything or may I ask you this? I have direct reports. They started about a year and a half ago that he was very, very ill and that he was. And then I've heard other reports uh, from people out there who say that they are specifically using a body double and other crazy things that sound like a, a crazy novel of some sort um i i know it sounds a little far-fetched have you seen or heard i mean can, you notice his face was really puffy and he looked weird about a year and a half ago two years ago all of a sudden it wasn't i i know this sounds a little weird but do you, have you may i ask you that have you heard anything to the contrary of uh the the viability of this man and if he is still with us exactly or no
2: i've, I've heard the same rumors but uh okay, nothing, okay nothing's been verified or whatever but let's face it you know Putin is no one to talk about these things, what he's doing to his political rivals. But the, here's the point to be made. Yeah. The, the Biden administration, if, if you were asked to devise a strategy to weaken America, to, to literally destroy this country, you'd be hard pressed to come up with a better game plan than what Biden is implementing right now. And I can go through the litany, an open border. Uh, the, the human and sex trafficking, all those human depredations, the, the flood of... Deadly illegal drugs coming to this country, the, the embarrassing and dangerous surrender in Afghanistan that has emboldened our enemies, the war on fossil fuel that's driven up and is driving them up again, the gasoline prices contributing to 40-year high inflation. You, again, you can't you you can't design a better game plan. and Then throw on top of that the division and hate the left is sowing. I, I try and tell people that you know, we're we're the greatest threat right now we talked about the debt and de- deficit right now an even greater threat to this non- nation is how divided we are you know th- you know the the biblical term you know, the yeah. a house divided cannot stand okay and that's true so why are we so divided we're not we're not a naturally divided people Malcolm right. we, we share the same goals we want right. safety security prosperity we want to raise our kids away we want to we want to secure retirement these are things that the vast majority of Americans share so why are we so so divided? It's because you have political figures like Biden, like Obama, political groups like the radical left yeah. that are pushing hate, that are pushing division. That's what identity politics is. That's it's by
0: design. It's is. totally by design, Senator. Totally by design. So
2: we, need, we need to understand that, you know, solve a problem. Yeah. You have to admit you have one. Yeah. So let's admit we're divided. The root cause is these people are pushing the hate. Don't let them resist mm-hmm. them. OK,
0: yeah, you, uh, you're, you're doing incredible work up there. Uh, you're a patriot among patriots, uh, for sure. And uh, we applaud you, sir. We applaud you for all your efforts. I know you're pushing hard. And I can just imagine when you put your head on the pillow at night and uh, you got to ask yourself what you got into. Uh, it is that much of a monster. And the fight ahead is, uh, is crucial and critical for our nation. There's no doubt. I speak about it every day, Senator. I totally get the fight understand what's happened. Thank you for this uh, incredible um, uh, time we just had. Uh, you were about as honest and straightforward as I could ever ask you to be. Uh, thank you for joining us, uh, Senator Johnson, on Viewpoint this Sunday.
2: Well, thank you, Malcolm, for everything you do. And I can tell you, when I lay my head down the pillow, I fall almost immediately asleep because I have a very <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love it. I love it. <laughs> Senator Johnson, God bless you. Uh, Oh, a tremendous. Thank you to Senator Ron Johnson. That was probably one of the most uh, fascinating uh, talks I've had with him over the years. And uh, he is a patriot. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you rewind that as this is on podcast, friends, and uh, see what you think about uh, his the statements he made and what he said exactly. Now, toward the end of that conversation, I asked him about Putin exactly. And try to be very careful here, because we, we don't do conspiracy theories and crazy stories and that sort of thing, try to keep it real. But a lot of times, as you've just seen with the senator, we have to look below the radar to really find out what's going on. You know, about a year and a half ago, we reported on the network. There were some uh, really strange things happening with Vladimir Putin. And you might recall this or not, if you listen about a year and a half ago. And I did this with our uh, very own intelligence analyst, Elana Friedman was on with me, and she had had some pretty striking research that uh, Vladimir Putin was in grave uh, danger his health and uh, was uh, really more toward his end days with uh, cancer and some other things, uh, prostate cancer potentially, and other things that might have... Uh, and this was incredible intelligence. And there have been some interesting things we've been watching him. I noticed recently... There were some strange things and phenomenons with his face and his body. Like he he had a very, it was a take took on a lot of fluid. He was a very uh, puffy, which happens when you're on meds with his body about a year and a half ago. Recent photos, he doesn't look that way. He looks a little different. And I thought, Hmm, what's going on there? Uh, it appeared to me it was a little strange, but really didn't know what exactly was happening. Then I see this other current story with a, uh, a gentleman here uh, that uh, is a, um, He's a political scientist. Uh, He's a historian and formerly head of the public relations department of the Moscow State Institute of International Relations. uh, Relations, yeah. Uh, In his name is, and let me not butcher it on you here, uh, uh, Valery Solovey. Solovey, Valery Solovey, and um, he came out and he says he's close to death now. That uh, that he's not uh, that there's even talk about them using a body double, which we know they do in Hollywood a lot. But uh, anyways, uh, I've got Alana Friedman on with me here, and um, Alana, let's just take this one, two, three, real quickly, but real uh, substance here. Back when we reported on this a year and a half ago, you were very—you um, had some strong—and you—you—you are—you're very careful about stuff. You don't just throw it out there. But you have some very credible resources. And you kept telling me they were very credible people. They've never let you down. And and tell us what that those reports were about a year and a half ago, please.
3: Sure, the reports that I I received at um, about that time were that Putin had cancer. At the time they said it was prostate cancer but that it was metastasizing and that he was um uh, had had some incidences which were very embarrassing he fell down a flight of stairs and soiled himself and had to be cleaned up um and he um and and that you you mentioned the puffy face um and that there were certain certain signs that he was very sick and that he probably at that point they said he had a year to live maybe two um but the 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 more important thing was that he had surrounded himself with bodyguards and nobody could get close to him to um to to get any more information about this and then uh, um time passed and and he was still walking around and and doing his mischief in Ukraine and uh so the story dropped. It just sort of disappeared for a while. Yeah. And now it yeah. is jump back onto the front page and it's um look if he does have cancer if he is dying mm-hmm. they say he's twitching they say there are pictures of his holding the table when he's sitting at a table he holds. i remember those
0: i remember those. So yeah.
3: that this is very recent yeah. so that you know in the last year so uh, that so oh. he doesn't show that he's shaking said they say he has parkinson's which right. could be just a side effect from the the cancer right. Right. And from the treatment that he's getting, they um, they say he's twitching. He he sits at a at a meeting, and his his arms, his hands, his legs are twitching. Well, let me
0: let me share this with you. I uh, asked uh, Senator Johnson uh, toward the end of our conversation uh, if he, uh, I, I was you know choosing my words carefully and the guy uh, you know, was, great. Uh, but I said, have you heard, um, anything about Putin and the fact that he had been very sick, very ill, potentially cancer. And that there's talk that there's some funny things going on with this right now. He said back on air here, listeners just heard it, that, uh, he heard many of the same stories and, uh, He said, you know, they were interested, but he's not sure. Uh, There was no clarification of fact at that point. But he did hear these things and knew because, you know, as a United States senator, he's uh, privy and gets a lot of information, clearly, uh, Ilana. But he did. He didn't poo-poo it, and he didn't knock it down. It was, you know, what I'm saying. It was like, well, I mean, I, I did hear some of the same things. So we didn't just make this up, is what I'm sharing with you, Alana. Uh, no, we
3: didn't. No, yeah, yeah, we didn't make it up. And it's, it's the story's been around, as you say, for about a year and a half. And and I I think um, that the the likelihood that he is sick is is you know could be very real because uh, if you look at the fervor with which he attacked. And continues to attack Ukraine, um, it's almost like he's desperate to get it finished.
0: Right, um, right. And, and-, and I want, well, I wondered in the last many days, and following the fine finding the story and following it with uh, Solovey, who's really running uh Russia? Who's I mean, I've given that a bit of thought. Who's really behind all this? I and mean, it's a very dangerous scenario. Uh, they must have something happen in there. Uh, and uh, now this and, and to finish this loop here, Alana, for listeners to really understand here, um, Solovey says this, and I quote, as soon as Putin dies, we will know about it in a few hours. This will be reported. Uh, we will find out about this because there are too many interested parties, both outside Russia and in Russia itself, for this information to become public knowledge. This will happen before the end of of autumn that's here in the year 2023 he's talking about here so he's talking about right on the so he's on the doorsteps of death according to uh solovey here now the kremlin not to be surprised by this has consistently denies the rumors and insists that putin is in good health uh, speculations have persisted blah 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 uh and uh now there's also another interesting uh flip to this thing and this other story i've seen with solovey ilana Uh, A a Ukrainian um, plastic surgeon, uh, Schlosser, uh, supported the claims and said that uh, he was on uh, Turkey's uh, television program just recently, indicated that the idea of Putin having a body double seemed like a, a theory a year or two ago, but noted that now it is widely believed that they are using that. They noticed also the changes in his facial things and things like that. Oh, and also the other thing you just said is left arm swung freely as he walked on arrival in his presidential jet. Uh, I gathered a couple of videos—one from Tehran where we see that the right arm is indeed numb. Ilana, hey, so that's what I'm talking about. As you look at some of the past and you look at the videos, there's a lot of oddities. Uh, this is very suspect, isn't it, Ilana? I mean, something's not right here, huh?
3: It it is suspect, but keep in mind also that he just went to Russia. Uh, he went to uh, Vladivostok to meet with um, uh, Kim Jong Un. I was wondering about that And and Xi Jinping. So uh, he he went. The fact that he went personally to this conference is is interesting. Um, if it's well, hold on.
0: If it's him. If it's not- him,
3: but I. I would strongly suspect that they would not send a double. And <laughs> actually there was a picture of his shaking hands right. and uh, the camera zoomed in on it and showed some black marks on his hands, oh. which would indicate uh, wow. an injection site. So, um, wow. th- th- you know, there's a lot to ponder here. I think huh. probably my guess is my, that my intellig- original intelligence was yeah. good. Yeah. Um, but it was not really believable because right. it, it never amounted to anything and we never right. heard about it again. That's right. That's right. So it was kind of a discredit to me that I had passed this on. And then we No, you know, I
0: thought it was a credit but, to you to be brave but, like that and courageous.
3: Well, uh, you know, this is what I do. I try to get the intelligence yeah. and I try to share it. Yeah. Uh, with, with uh, the public, because I think Americans need to know what's going on. So much is hidden from us. And yeah. and I, I think we really need yeah. sources yeah. of information that Perfectly tell us said. what's yeah. going on in the Perfectly
0: world. Perfectly said. It's uh, Ilana Friedman. Uh, and you see how gracefully she puts it out there, friends, and saying, you know, and in other words, as a professional, as an intelligence agent, uh, uh, she takes it very seriously, which she should. And she's, always, and she's always that way, whether I'm talking to her privately or in public. She's always very careful about the information. I, I just have to tell you that. That's just her nature. She's a professional at, at all levels. So I respect that about her totally. Uh, but I wanted to bring this story to you because I, I do think it's fascinating. And I want to look back at this episode. And so in the future here, as we see what develops and see if we uh, were onto something possibly that was correct and that... Uh, We should have brought to the uh, forefront here, as we did a year and a half ago. And that's why I asked the senator that. So, having said all that, friends. Listen, it is AmericaOutloud.news is the site. You see, we made that change about a month and a half ago, and it was uh, widely uh, received and accepted. And um, that is the main site now, AmericaOutloud.news. Please do not do not keep that a secret and tell everybody you know, including your adversaries, that there's a place where the out loud truth is alive and well, and it is at AmericaOutloud.news, friends. Yeah, absolutely. Stay right there. More Viewpoint in just a moment. The America
1: Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire.
3: Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD.
2: RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend.
0: We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk League. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back to Viewpoint to this Sunday. It is Malcolm Out here and, uh, well, my fellow Americans, this uh, next story is, uh, I think it's a, a story that uh, time will tell, uh, will leave a historical mark on our nation and not in a good way to be sure. Uh, and I don't want to just do all the talking points today on it, I want to do a little bit of a deep dive here with, uh, with Andrew Arthur joins me on uh, talking immigration, of course. Uh, The cool thing about Art is he's a former immigration judge and uh, which is which I think brings a different perspective to the story. And he's the resident fellow in law and policy for the Center for Immigration Studies in Washington, D.C., who is everything immigration, uh, the folks there. So we start off here, Art. And uh, so I'm seeing, you know, and, and again, the usual stories. But then these are starting to get a little more interesting. And you're seeing uh, very carefully the uh, blue city uh, mayors and governors are not quite sure what to do with this because it's their party who has created the disaster, and they're they're treading as lightly as they can, but they're not succeeding. Obviously, I'm seeing the protest in a lot of the cities. They're starting to get out, and they're Democrat protesters, and they're pushing back against the Democrat politicians. I think they're surpassing the tipping point on this is what I'm guessing uh, is this thing has exploded. take it from that standpoint, what do you think?
1: Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. In fact, you've seen uh, uh, Mayor Adams in New York, you know, have to tiptoe around the issue. He's primarily blamed Texas Governor Greg Abbott Hmm. for uh, the 110,000 migrants who have come to his city. But the one thing that we know from Governor Abbott's office is that, you know, while Texas has bused uh, migrants away from overcrowded cities, uh, some of them pretty far away from the uh, southwest border that have been just dropped off by uh, DHS in those small towns along the the Rio Grande uh, to bust them to the United States. There are only about 13,300, a little bit more than that, that have been bused, you know, via uh, the Texas state government to New York. The vast majority of those people have either been transported to New York by the Biden administration, or they were released and they made their own way to New York, turned themselves in and took advantage of that, you know, rather lavish uh, social safety net that's available in New York. Uh, Both New York state and Massachusetts have what are called right to shelter laws. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you need a place to stay, if you need food, uh, those states are obligated to provided. And this has gotten around amongst, uh, you know, not just migrants in the United States, but foreign nationals abroad who are looking for a place to go to in New York.
2: Hmm.
1: Uh, but, you know, notwithstanding the fact that the vast majority of these folks were either sent by the Biden administration or made their way to New York, you know, thus far, Mayor Adams has been blaming Abbott for everything. But, you know, he's not the blame. But the reason he's doing that, Malcolm, is because the real blame lays with The White House, and currently the White House is occupied by Joe Biden, who's a fellow Democrat. Yeah, but he
0: has he has hinted on Biden, though he has brought that out in some of his talking points uh, very carefully. But he kind of he knows he can't avoid that, Art. You know?
1: Yeah. No, and you know there is now what we refer to in psychology is a (laughs) cognitive dissonance amongst the residents of New York. You know, they see that this is a problem and, you know, Mayor Adams, uh, you know, is frustrated with the problem. They've got, uh, you know, 58,000 people currently in the New York shelter system. And there was a very interesting report. Most people didn't notice it. That was issued by the New York city comptroller back in March. And uh, the comptroller you know, danced around the issue himself, but also indicated that uh, 70% of the migrant families, you know, primarily female headed with a, a minor child, uh, who check into the New York shelter system, just don't check out. The average stay in the New York wow. shelter system is about 500 days for a family. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, this isn't, uh, you know, something that could be managed. It's not a steady stream of migrants. It's a balloon that's filling up. Right. So this uh, is
0: permanent damage is what you're saying, Art. This is uh, really damage that's not going to alleviate itself immediately here. Um, I, I want to look, I want right, to we, we see this is happening now where they don't know what to do. They're pushing back against. Uh, well, I, I see Abbott. They're blaming some of the governors, of course, uh, DeSantis as well in Florida and, and so on and so forth. But beyond all that, though, they realize the party itself, the governor of New York, she's uh, Hochul. She's, uh, she's working. Uh, she's been talking a lot to Biden. There really are no answers. Now, they've started started to sort of change their policy or try to after Title 42 and all, but really it's just gotten worse. Here's here's what I want to discuss here. Um, I think that what we're seeing right now, and I'm seeing the reports, are not only are the record numbers becoming historical in nature art, but... The report I've seen in the last many weeks of known terrorists that are documented now that they darn well know about, let alone who we don't know about, that are here. I mean, we've discussed this before, but I'm guessing to say right now with Biden in the White House and being as weak as the administration is, um, I I think we're really going to pay a price for something in very possibly in the short term here. I don't think all these people are coming over, these terrorists and all these uh, criminals and drugs. I don't think they're coming over for uh, tourism purposes. I think they're coming over to do harm to Americans. Speak about that point, please.
1: Sure. And, you know, you're echoing a point that was made uh, 19 years ago by the 9-11 Commission. Remember, the 9-11 Commission was a truly bipartisan commission uh, of national experts, convened to take a look at how 9-11 happened and how to prevent it in the future. One of the key takeaways of the 9-11 report uh, was the fact that in the decades before September 11th, border security was not considered to be a component of national security. Hmm. The government was focused Hmm. on the drugs, as you mentioned, Uh, and focused on, you know, the large number of people entering the United States and, you know, was also focused on stopping weapons of terrorism from coming into the United States. And here was the key point that they made. No focus was put on the terrorists themselves. And that was identified as a key vulnerability in the 9-11 report. Fast forward 19 years We're actually living now in a September 10th world. All the lessons that were learned on September 11th have been forgotten. And you brought up the large number of uh, terrorists who have been apprehended again, you know, in 2019, FY 2019, Mm -hmm. Border Patrol didn't record apprehending anybody who was on uh, the terrorist watch list. And that was during a, a previous border surge, not quite as large as this one, but it was so bad The D.H. secretary, uh, then D.H. secretary, Kirsten Nielsen, had to declare a border emergency. Um, You know, in recent months, we've seen, you know, 10 plus people on the terrorist watch list who were apprehended. But the that part is bad enough. What's more concerning is the fact CNN reported a few weeks back that 12 plus Uzbeki nationals had been smuggled into the United States by a smuggler who was affiliated with the Islamic State uh, and, you know, brought to the United States. Those individuals were apprehended by Border patrol and they were released into the United
0: States. Oh my God. Um,
1: so, and, you know, this shouldn't, you know. it's So they were actually
0: released in the terrorist and the bad cats, you just said.
1: Yeah. No. And, uh, you know, wow. the, Federal government right now is scrambling to find those Uzbeki nationals because we don't know what they're capable of doing. And, you know, most Americans aren't familiar with Uzbekistan. But the one thing uh, that we do know about Uzbekistan from CIA reporting uh, and this is open source, Malcolm, so you don't have to worry about me spilling any secrets. Uh, is that there are three major terrorist groups operating in yeah. Uzbekistan. One of them is ISIS-K, isis Khorasan Group, yeah. which was the group that was behind yeah. the attack on Abbey Gate at, during our chaotic withdrawal from yeah. Afghanistan uh, last year. So. wow. wow. Um, you know, we this is a yeah. very serious threat. And yeah. two Uzbek nationals who were affiliated with ISIS mm-hmm. uh, have e- have uh, been convicted of either planning a terrorist attack. Wow. That wow. was in the case of an individual named uh, Jerobev mm-hmm. uh, who wanted to kill uh, President Obama or blow up Coney Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, and four days after he was convicted, another fellow named uh, Saipov, was actually convicted for uh, terrorist activity in connection with renting a box truck and driving it down a bike path in New York uh, on Halloween in 2017 in which he killed eight people and maimed. Uh, people are walking around with eyes. Uh, and in and this inf-
0: this information is is not readily uh, distributed at all. I mean the news, nobody gets this information you're sh- sharing right now aren't at all. I mean, this, this is uh, this unbelievable, really, what you're speaking about here, um, and which is what I suspect, uh, and I'm not surprised by anything you're saying, because this is, and this is only a little bit, and there's so much we don't know. This thing has been open now and exposed for these last few years under Biden, uh, totally, and it's been ramped up and everybody knows it. All right. This is not going to be a quick fix, no matter what happens. Right now, the damage is still happening. They refuse to secure the border. They refuse to do anything. Uh, ec- economically, we see the mayors and the governors uh, getting loud. They they can't deal with it. There's not an economic, which is, we talked about that many years ago, the, um, uh, the economic uh, default of this thing and what would happen. The security component, the drug component, there are so many components and none of them are good. So it's not going to be, there's no quick fix to this thing. How do you shut the faucet off? You know, when you take years to build these borders and God knows what else, the criminals are here. Safe to say, are we're, there's going to be a price to pay for this. But I mean, you and I can about guarantee it. As much as the sun is going to come up tomorrow, there's going to be a price to pay for this somehow. And America's going to, That's this is probably going to be the legacy of the Biden administration. And this is not going to be pretty. Is that is that a... Uh, a true assessment.
1: Yeah, no, and it's not just, you know, uh, you know, Art Arthur saying this. That is apparently an assessment that's being made within the White House right now. They understand that what's going on at the Southwest border adversely affects not only uh, Joe Biden's electoral uh, prospects in 2024, but we'll have serious you know, down ticket uh, impacts on other Democrats. This will be Joe Biden's legacy. He wants the Inflation Reduction Act, poorly uh, named as it is, to be his legacy.
0: But in reality,
1: we're going to be dealing with the border crisis that the uh, Biden administration has created for years, if not decades to come. We're talking yeah. about yeah. a Biden administration that has released somewhere around 2.3 to 2.6 million uh, migrants, illegal migrants at the southwest border into the United States. It's a huge number. If they were all together, they'd be the 39th largest state in the Union. Um, wow. you know, and we're going, you know, that's going to affect and is affecting schools, uh, emergency rooms, social services, municipal
0: uh, facilities. It's pulling everything down. It's pulling everything down.
1: It's pulling everything down. And, you know, this was an unforced error on the part of the Biden administration. Right. Yeah. Uh, I you know, if, if you're not familiar or your listeners aren't familiar with Rodney Scott, Rodney Scott was um, Joe Biden's first Border Patrol chief, and he retired in August of 2021. And the next month he sent a letter on September 11, 2021 to Senate leadership and said, look, you know, the people who are uh, creating the president's policies are ignoring all of the recommendations that senior non-political staff have made you know they're just doing their own thing and they're creating a disaster that's going to result in exactly what we've seen they've been told enough
0: art everybody has told them they're obviously on another mission of destruction uh to the likes of what we've not uh, never seen before uh i i i don't feel good at any part of this story and frankly What's going to happen and the result of this is, is going to pale uh, the 9-11 fiasco. I can feel it uh, in my bones. I can feel it, and I, I've, I've known. I mean I just don't have a good feeling about this story. Um, the national implications are beyond serious. Uh, they're going to be traumatic for this nation. Uh, these are bad times, really, really rough times. Art, I want to uh, invite you, and I hope you'll accept the invitation to the daily broadcast. Uh, some of these stories now with the... Uh, Terrorist activity, other things we're talking about. We need to have a longer conversation uh, and uh, warn people of some of these other things. This other—you you really opened my eyes a little bit there. I hope you'll join us there, and I'll, we'll connect on that. Uh, Art,
1: I look forward to it because it's very important, Malcolm, that people not only understand the numbers and the municipal impacts, but the potential national security impacts that this will have. You know, we all worked very hard to prevent another 9-11 and yet we're setting the stage for something that could be much, much worse.
0: That's exactly it. Yeah. Okay. That is uh, Andrew Arthur, Art Arthur, if you will. And uh, uh, CIS.org is a great place to go. Uh, These are the best of the best uh, there at CIS. Really appreciate everything. Uh, Mark Gregorian's the uh, executive director there. Uh, Fabulous uh, this immigration is going to be the story of our lifetimes, potentially friends, these migrants and what's happening now. Um, it's changing and altering the fabric of our nation in ways you could not dream of. Uh, and it's not going to be, it's not going to be pleasant. Uh, God, God help us. I'll tell you it's amongst all the other problems. This is, uh, right at the top of the list here. We'll take it on more. We'll have Art back and talk a little bit more about some of these things. And, uh, some of the things a new administrations going to have to do uh, you know the one two three four fives well that's another story to have on another day as well well listen what an what an incredible uh, comprehensive program today and uh, we surely appreciate you being on the mission with those friends be sure to share everything back at americaout.news be sure to get this information out there to everybody including your adversaries as I tell you all the time got to wake everybody up uh in the in the center and the left and, and and what have you so and be inclusive to that point. Thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.